You are listening to Counseling Over Coffee, a Redeemer Counseling Group podcast. Whether you are listening via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or directly from the website, we would love for you to rate and review us. For more information about Redeemer Counseling Group, you can go to www.redeemercounselinggroup.com. And now, here is Cherie for some Counseling Over Coffee. Welcome to Counseling Over Coffee. Whether this is your first time here or you're becoming a regular, I'm really glad you're here. And if you would like to connect in a little bit more personal fashion, be sure to visit us over on Facebook at Redeemer Counseling Group or facebook.com backslash Redeemer CG. So last week, I talked with you about Dr. Ed Welch's catchy phrase, learn to become an expert at the person in front of you. And I introduced you to my dear longtime friend, Liz, who was a great example of an aspect of this expert thing. Liz was an example of someone who really studied her friends, a woman who even kept a list of her friends' favorite foods and candy and the like, and that I had some useless kitchen linens that she ended up replacing on my birthday. Becoming an expert at people in your life also involves something really hard for many of us to do, and that's listening. Those of you who saw the video I posted on Facebook last week heard Dr. Welch say that most of us view listening as simply the need to shut up, to not talk, to not interrupt others, to let others do the talking, to say fewer words when others have the floor. But effective and meaningful listening isn't passive politeness that just allows others to do the talking. Listening is active. It moves a conversation forward in ways that communicates to the person in front of us that it's not just what he or she is saying that's important, but that they are an important person to us. Because we all know that sometimes the content of what a person is saying might not be all that engaging. We might not be interested in what they're speaking about. In fact, it might be irrelevant or even boring to us. But active listening is a way to demonstrate that the content of the interaction is not what's important. What's most important to us is the person who is doing the talking. Last week, I was looking at James, and chapter 1, verse 19, is a place where we read some really familiar words. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. And this is interesting. This verse is in the context of James teaching us how to treat people in the church. He's confronting treating the rich better than the poor. He's talking about the place of the tongue and how we interact with people. And he's saying that caring for the weak and the marginalized, like widows and orphans, is an evidence of genuine 
Christian faith. And embedded in all of this teaching is the call to be quick to listen. James is telling us that genuine faith makes a difference in concrete, practical ways we treat other people. And one of the ways we show Christ-like love is to listen well and often. So here's the question I have for you. Have you ever noticed how hard listening is? Recently, I was talking to a few friends about how difficult it is to actively listen to someone for more than a few minutes. Our minds wander. What the person is saying triggers something we've experienced, and we start thinking about that. We have a thought, and we want to share it, which makes it hard to let the person keep talking because we'll miss the opportunity to insert our thought. It's no wonder that James talks about listening in verse 19 just before he addresses the importance of bridling our tongues in verse 26. Listening is hard because sometimes it requires a depth of love and care and self-control that doesn't come naturally to us. The truth is, passive listening is easy. All it requires is to not talk or to say an occasional, yeah, or yeah, uh uh-huh, or maybe simply not interrupting and waiting for a break so that we can either start talking or politely dismiss ourselves to go and speak with someone else. Active listeners are a different sort of people, right? They listen by maintaining eye contact with us while we're talking. Their facial expressions mirror the sadness or the joy or maybe the confusion that we're expressing. And through their words and their body language, we feel the freedom, even like the invitation to keep talking. Everything about active listeners says, please tell me more. Recently, I needed to get some pain in my knee checked out, which included an MRI. And one doctor told me I was likely facing a partial knee replacement, which was not happy news. This was a Sunday morning, and a friend asked me how my appointment went, and the conversation went something like this. Hey, Cherie, how'd your appointment go? Well, it was okay. I I need to get a second opinion from an orthopedic surgeon. She responded with, so I heard a little hesitation in your voice. Are you worried about the possibility of surgery? Yeah, but honestly, there's a lot more on my mind than my knee. At that point, my friend could have said she was sorry about everything going on and that she would be praying for me. But she didn't let the conversation end there. It continued for maybe another minute or a minute and a half. I'm sorry, she said. I know you guys have a lot going on. What's weighing on you most this morning? Of course, the tears started brimming in my eyes, and 
I briefly shared some fears I was facing about a couple of suffering family members. Time didn't allow a long conversation, but in that quick, probably maybe three-minute exchange, I felt so loved and cared for. I knew that if we had had an hour to talk, she would have listened, asked caring questions, and sent every possible message that she wanted to hear more and more. Good listeners can make even a quick interaction feel like we just got wrapped up into a warm blanket on a chilly day. I'm preparing for some ladies retreats early next year. And last week on Facebook, I asked this question, who do you most often reach out to when you're facing something hard? And why do you reach out to that person? Stephanie said she reaches out to close friends and family because she knows they will listen. Meg mentioned her sister-in-law, who's a wonderful listener. Cindy said she often turns to her pastor because he listens well. And as you're listening to me share these names and examples, know that I didn't ask a listening question. I didn't invite them to talk about good listeners. I simply ask, who do you go to and why? Lisa and Shelly also mentioned family and friends because they listen first and listen well. And Tammy said she reaches toward her husband who listens without judgment. Each of these ladies included other qualities of the person they most turned to. But a prevalent theme was the issue of listening. Now, think about that for yourself. Who do you turn to when life gets hard? I wouldn't be surprised if the person or people that might be coming to your mind right now are those who listen well. Active listeners communicate in verbal and nonverbal ways that they want to hear all that's in our hearts. So often, when it comes to being a good friend or family member or roommate, we assume we need to listen long enough to know what to say to make the person feel better if they're struggling or enter into their joy if they're happy. Listening becomes a prereq to talking, maybe giving advice or assurance or saying something helpful to make them know we get their grief or their joy. But good listeners aren't waiting to learn enough to say something. In fact, they don't anticipate talking at all. Good listeners feel good when they're listening. That Sunday morning, my interaction with my friend turned from my painful knee to my fears about my family. And this happened within seconds because this friend is a good listener and I knew it. She heard the inflection in my voice and she probably noticed when my eyes dropped when I said the appointment was okay. She set aside her thoughts about doing children's ministry that morning to pause and listen to me. 
I recently read a blog post where the writer said he wanted to start giving listening a place of prominence in his life. I love that. He was acknowledging that listening is a learned skill, not something some people are just good at. While listening comes more naturally to some, I can tell you that people say I'm a good listener, but believe me, that hasn't always been the case. Years ago, I asked a group of close friends how I could grow as a friend in some specific ways. And more than one of them said they would encourage me to grow as a listener. So I set out on a journey to grow in listening. And it's been a long and sometimes hard road. And just last week, I was in a conversation with someone I love where I noticed I was becoming very distracted and a little bored by the conversation outwardly. I appeared attentive, I was nodding, but inwardly I was fighting the desire for the conversation to end so I could move on with some plans I had made. Even after decades of consistently trying to give listening that place of prominence that the blogger talked about, I still have to fight things that were commonplace in my life years ago. Like the time... I called my friend who had just delivered her baby. I love anything to do with birth. And a friend of mine from uh, Virginia years ago, who was a midwife, included me in on a lot of births. And I just love birth experiences. So I wanted to hear about my friend's birth experience and to rejoice with her about this new baby. After a few minutes, she said something that reminded me of one of my birth experiences. And as a mom of seven, I had, I have a lot of stories. So I started sharing my story with her. And without even realizing it, I turned a conversation about her and her brand new baby to one about me. A few weeks later, this friend really was kind enough to point this out to me including other examples of times when I had done the same thing about other topics. Honestly, I listened politely and I thanked her, but I thought she was being a little picky or maybe fault finding. But what happened after that really surprised me. I started noticing that she was right. While I was good at initiating conversations and taking an interest in people, I had this weird habit of finding some kind of common ground and then assuming this person wanted to hear all about my side of the story or something similar that had happened to me. The fact is they they probably did want to hear my side of the story, but my friend had noticed that I was really good at finding a way to insert my story into the story of others. And in some cases, this meant the person felt that they had finished only a part of their story before I took the floor for mine. So would you like to grow as a listener? To learn some practical ways 
along with me to express the love of God to others through active, disciplined listening? Then join me next time to explore this even more on Counseling Over Coffee.